Welcome to Comedy Girl Crush Podcast. I'm Katie Dawson. I'm Nikki Urban, and our guest today is Haley Hepworth from UCB. She does a lot of character stuff and improv. She's on the sketch team Squadron and was this year one of JFL's new faces of comedy for characters. So, Haley, it's so awesome to have you here on the podcast today. It's been a big year for you. Yeah. Yeah, you got <laughs> married, right? I did. And you were a JFL new face? Yes. Yeah, that all happened within, oh, I guess the week that I got married is the same week that I found out about JFL. So that was a wild week. Oh, my oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Like, how do you even, like, come like come down from that? It was a weird, it, it was kind of nice, I think. I had, like, wedding stuff to worry about a little bit. And then right immediately after the wedding, we got married at my parents' house in Boise, Idaho. And immediately, immediately after, DC and I went like to a little like cabin like two hours away in Sun Valley, Idaho, just to have two days to like decompress and honestly like catch up just to kind of be like, whoa, like this person said that to me. Or did you, do you remember that this whole weird thing happened? I feel like there was just so much... We're missing like just so much uh, like emotional yeah. stuff happening at such an unsustainable rate for that <laughs> whole week yeah. that then was nice to just have total decompression time together to just like gossip and yeah. compare notes. <laughs> Debrief about the whole experience. Exactly. Aww. Yeah. Post game at all. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, so that was funny. But I was like, did notice that I was like, okay, so the wedding is like Saturday. And then we, I think, drove up there on like Sunday or Monday and on the drive up got like a text from a friend being like, have you heard anything about JFL? I heard people are finding out this week. Where I was like, uh, oh, no, I haven't heard anything. Uh, uh, you know, it was just the classic like, oh, I don't want to be stressed about that right now. Yeah. But yeah, inevitably you are a little bit. Totally. Um, yeah. But then yeah. it happened. So. Yeah. It was... So how long between, like, how long do they give you between finding out you are on and, like, so when did you find out versus when the showcase is? I found out, I think, the first week of July, and then the showcase is the third or fourth week of July. So it was about, yeah, I think, like, three weeks, roughly, before we went. Oh, and just a reminder to listeners, JFL is just Duffs for Laughs Festival in, uh, in Montreal. Uh, and it's like the largest, the biggest comedy festival in like the world, basically. <laughs> so Haley was a new face for characters. So you got to perform your like original characters and impressions, right? In front of a, on like a giant stage. And it yeah. was filmed and all of that, right? Yeah, I should see if it was filmed. I don't know if it was filmed. <laughs> but it wasn't. I mean, I, at least for like archival purposes. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. But yeah, it was so cool. It really was, I think... Just such a unique experience to get to have for a solo character performer. Because I feel like the new faces are stand-ups and characters. And obviously there are more stand-ups. But also I feel like for stand-ups being there and in that kind of space with that just like size of house. <laughs> yeah. Felt like the sort of thing that was like, oh, stand-ups like they get to kind of do this at different points in their career. Like they could tour or they can play much bigger spaces than this, but like big spaces doing what they do. Whereas I think for like solo character sketch performers, that isn't as much of what we do. It's a lot of like black box theater stuff and was a neat sort of thing to get to do. Just like 
alone (laughs) where it's like, oh, this work that's so specific and strange that also a lot of audience just just like audiences, I think a lot of times don't know what to do with character work. I was going to ask, so at JFL though, they know they're going to a character show. I feel like if you do characters here and it's part of a variety show or whatever, people a lot of times don't know how to respond. Yeah, Yeah, it's something like I've been thinking about a lot, trying to do it on more like, yeah, variety shows or stand-up shows or things like that. And just the amount of framing that you have to do to get an audience that is used to having just stand-ups or, you know, more traditional formats like that feel comfortable and not feel like it's, I don't know, like weird and corny or I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Making it not corny. Yeah. That's like a big thing. Just being like, I promise. I feel like the biggest thing I feel when I try to do character stuff on stand-up shows or something is the feeling of just like, I promise you – I don't think this is going to be embarrassing. Like, I feel like people get so worried with solo character work that they're like, is this going to be like, Fly! like, like weird, yeah, yeah. cringy, uh, like uncomfortable, like watching an adult play make-believe in some way that's embarrassing? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I feel like you have to, or I've thought so much about what you have to do to be like, Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. I'm not scared and I'm in control and it's okay. What do you think what do you think that is? Like what do you think it is to get the audience in that zone? Is it just like immediately like committing hard and being like like just taking the attention or is there something like you do to explain beforehand? What 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 works for you? I I think it depends on the bit and it depends on the show. Okay, like I think yeah. something definitely like that's been really helpful. I've realized doing character sets on shows like that or variety shows or whatever is having the ability to come out first as myself to be like, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm gonna be doing, just so they can meet me as a normal human being and be like, "Oh, this is not a crazy person. This is just like this right. is your base level," and then that's like neutral but like confident. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, being able to like set stuff up and then do it is nice. But for JFL specifically, it was interesting where they don't let you address the audience as yourself. They don't let you introduce yourself or preface your bits at all. So they want it to be very much just like lights up. It's happening. Lights down. Lights up. The next one is happening. Lights down. I think you get a light like a lights up and a lights down. Yeah. Yeah. They like black out your characters in between. I think they the way they explained it to me is that they want it to feel like a solo, like a seven minute solo show, basically, which was really helpful guideline but is also different where it's like oh when you're doing it for them they know what it is but i going into the first round of auditions for them i think i they told me that like maybe two or three days before i was going to be showcasing with them where it's like oh i've been running this set practicing introducing everything or like introducing myself and kind of you know having that as a connective tissue throughout the set and so immediately it was like, oh, I got to get on some shows and practice just doing it cold, no introduction, no addressing the audience to just get comfortable with that because it's hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think like I realized or I was even I feel like the night in Montreal, like the night before our first show, like laying awake, thinking about like not the jokes or not the big like 
crazy heightened beat moments or anything as much as just like, oh, I really want to think about the first like 10 seconds of this set that like when lights come up and there are people that don't know me or recognize me or trust me, what is the tone that I'm setting in these first like two lines that I say that are not jokes yet <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to, to like let them feel comfortable and oriented inside what this experience is I guess yeah. yeah I think part of it too is like I mean I've done you know I've, I've been to mics I've been to shows where people do characters I think sometimes there does feel like like with stand-up they're confident and they're themselves and that's mm-hmm. sort of what you expect from somebody who's performing alone on stage but somebody coming alone and doing a character it's sort of it's like watching somebody act a solo piece you know and yeah. you're like you're not sure why they've chosen that medium like is it because they don't want to be themselves or I don't know I feel like audiences have a lot of questions totally yeah, yeah. well I think people's approaches to it are so different I guess which is the same with stand-up but like people can have wildly wildly different styles styles yeah. that I think is kind of like, it can just feel like, what is this going to be? Because there's no universal understanding of like what solo character work is. And also, yeah, I think it can be vulnerable or for an audience, I think, can feel vulnerable from the outside to like see a little person on a big stage by themselves. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's bring it on back. So you do comedy. How long have you been doing comedy specifically? In different forms, pretty much since I was a kid, which is a weird, I've had like a weird path with it. I did, I was realizing it's like, oh, right. Like, I think when I was a kid who was not a like outgoing kid, wanted to do as I think a lot of kids do, want to be like, I want to be an actor, I want to be in plays or whatever. Yeah. But I think through just like kind of luck, got into, when I was 11, I took an improv class. Whoa. In Boise, Idaho, which is so weird. They had like the Idaho Shakespeare Festival had a drama school for like kids and teens, where I think it was the sort of thing that was like, oh... They have like a Shakespeare class, but it's maybe full for kids your age. And then they have an improv class. And I remember like my mom basically being like, I don't know what this improv one is. You can do it if you want to take a class right now, or we can wait and you can do the Shakespeare one in six months and we know what that one is. (laughs) But I did the improv one and loved it. I loved it. It's like short form improv and was like, you know, I think I was like right on the age cusp. So I was with a lot of kids that were older than me that made it feel cool. (laughs) (laughs) And then I think like I liked the rules of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the rules of short form improv as like a shy kid. And I also am like a competitive like beast. So liked that part of it feeling like mm, like with that format of short form improv figuring out like what works what doesn't work what gets a response what doesn't sort of thing what was the what was the like school was it, it like it wasn't comedy sports was it no it was the idaho shakespeare festival drama school oh cute okay, cool. um yeah <laughs> <Is it> cute but <laughs> <laughs> yes it's i think they're still around i later like taught there when i was in high school oh no nice. they're cool. great i did like an apprenticeship there in high school it's really neat program but like very sort of small town like 
the class was taught by this one dude who I think was in his, at the time, I think he was in his like early 20s or late teens. He was like in college, I think. Yeah. And just the classic guy where it's like, oh yeah, he works at the video store and he's like a cool, pretentious stoner. (laughs) (laughs) So he was our teacher, which felt extremely cool. Yeah. And then at the end of that class, he, (laughs) he was like, hey, like, how old are you? He's like, I'm 11. Uh, and he's like, okay, never mind. Not a shitty thing. Not a shitty thing. No, 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 no. Uh, just where he's like, I'm on this team. We do short form improv at the Funny Bone Comedy Club on Tuesday nights. And I was going to ask you to audition, but I think you're too young. Yeah. But like maybe in a couple of years. So then later when I was 14, I auditioned for that team and did it. And it was so Cool. <laughs> That's cool. For again, like a teenager. How in a small old town. were the other people on your team? I think like a mix of like high school and college age. Okay. Yeah, but it was such a perfect, neat thing of like, like I still very much remember going to my first rehearsal. And feeling like, whereas like the summer before I started high school and it was a bunch of older, cool teens. And a lot of them also were like, they like smoke cigarettes and stuff. And I was very straight laced and sheltered and not that way. But just feeling like, oh, one of them offered to give me a ride home afterwards. And we all like piled in the car together and driving around where I was like, oh my God, like I feel cool for like the first time in my life yeah. we're like listening to modest mouth like, you know like i'm feeling my teenage fantasy i feel uh, like that <laughs> never goes away like even yeah. i'm like i i know that feeling from one year like a teenager and that happens now like as an adult i still get that feeling yes, when my friends yeah. are like hop in the car we're going to the beach and i'm like ee! Absolutely. You're just like, oh, I get to be on a team with these cool people. Yeah. It's like such a neat thing. And looking back on it, it's like I knew it was cool at the time and it made me feel cool at the time. But looking back (laughs) on it, I'm like, also, what a weird little thing. And like, we would, it's so, like, such a small town thing, but they, the manager of the Funny Bone Comedy Club would just leave the back door to the theater open so on saturday afternoons we would let ourselves in the back door and like turn on the lights we didn't have a coach or anything (laughs) and we just like run short form improv sets and games and stuff and then like note each other which is probably not great (laughs) (laughs) practice Um, though right yeah totally and then tuesday nights we would do shows and then go into the manager's like smoky back office and get paid in cash. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh my gosh. Paid improv. I know. Yeah. At 14. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do that show. now. <laughs> did you know that you wanted to like continue pursuing comedy or did you have like other sort of goals that you were looking for? I think that was pretty much it. Like I think pretty much once I was, once I took that improv class, I think, and in the years where I was like waiting to be old enough to audition for that team, felt like, oh, I'm obsessed with this. And also just a weird like, oh, I have to study this, like a self-imposed, I don't know if you guys felt that way. Yeah, I mean, for sure. What did you, like, what kind of stuff did you study or what did you watch? I, well, I didn't have cable. Yeah. (laughs) So I watched a lot of SNL. That was like my big thing was like a truly deep obsession with (laughs) SNL. And then on like LimeWire, I don't know if you guys remember LimeWire. But on LimeWire, I would download, I think because I was a huge fan of SNL at the time and Amy Poehler was like a big star in the cast, I 
would like look her up online through her found out about like UCB or like what it was or it took me to some weird UCB website when I was Googling her and then through that learned that they had had a TV show that I think was at this time not on the air anymore but I like went um, and would like on LimeWire just put in (laughs) random words trying to find it and so would find I feel like there were a couple episodes of the UCB show that I could like download the whole episode and then a couple just like one-off sketches (laughs) where each time I'd start downloading something would be like I don't know if this is a sketch I don't know if this is a whole episode I don't know what it's gonna be when it's done (laughs) but (laughs) Uh. so I watched those Um, and then once I was on that The Foul Puppets the name of that short form improv team The Foul Puppets. puppets. Once I was on The Foul Puppets, they were very much like, again, like pretentious stoner, cool guys. So they were like, oh, you got to know Kids in the Hall. You got to know like Monty Python. You got to know like Mr. Show and all this stuff, which I think that stuff more, my memory of watching it was like, I have to study it to make them impressed by me. Yeah. Um, Whereas I think the sort of earlier like, SNL stuff was more like, this is just joyful to me. Like, I just love this and connect with it instantly. Um, And then a lot of that stuff was just like, felt more like I'm educating myself. Yeah, (laughs) I'm doing my due diligence, which again is like still deeply enjoyable. Yeah. But felt maybe a like pressure to be like, I have to perform how much I get and like this. (laughs) (laughs) So you went to... College, right? Did you go to mm-hmm. NYU? I did. Yeah. 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 So I went there to largely to do comedy stuff and to kind of be like, oh, I know I want to do this in some form. So I studied acting undergrad in their like conservatory program at Tisch, which was great and I loved, but also very much, I think, when I was there, immediately had the feeling of like, oh, I'm in this, again, like super competitive, intense program with a lot of people that are like I want to be on Broadway I want to be you know like that I was kind of like oh I don't that's not that's not my path (laughs) (laughs) I'm not gonna be on Broadway (laughs) (laughs) I'm okay with that and kind of uh, super at that time also having the feeling of like seeing the first little like who is who in this group of like 18 year olds that I'm in is getting traction and who is not and immediately saying that obviously when you're 18, the people who are getting traction are like models who are also like have trust funds and are also have like 30 year old Wall Street boyfriends or whatever. Like, yeah. Yeah. more is like, okay, that's not going to be for me. That's not going to be my path. I don't think that's a direction in which I'm valuable as being like beautiful enough to be like someone's muse in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> but also at that same time was doing a ton of improv stuff. Like immediately when I got there, I think the first night I got to New York, I didn't know anybody and was like, I'm just going to walk up to UCB and see what they're doing. And then the next week was on like the NYU improv team. Where I was like, those are my friends. This is my life. This is what I'm, this feels like my community or my um, speciality, I guess. Were there other acting students on the improv team or was it like... Mm -hmm. Okay, so there were yeah, other like, mix of, like actors and writers and then people who were just in the general like undergrad. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine who was studying like pre-med at the time and is insanely smart and wonderful, but is now like on SNL. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like, yeah, it's like a great mix of people, most of whom I'm still very close friends with. 
But most of, I would say most of that group was either studying, acting, or writing, or directing in Tish. But there were definitely a couple of people who weren't studying it, but were, like, passionate about it. Gotcha. Yes. Did you guys do any comedies when you were at Tish? Did you get to exercise your comedy acting muscles? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not in my studio program. Absolutely not. We, I mean, it was very regimented, the studio I was in. I think some other studios there are, like, have more flexibility, I think, in their curriculum, whereas ours was, like, first year, it's all contemporary American dramas. And then second year was, like, one semester of Shakespeare and one semester of Chekhov. And then other sort of, like, stylized, where it's like, oh, we're doing some, like, Shaw, or we're doing some, you know, Moliere or whatever. Yeah. But it was like, oh, we're there three full, full days a week, and then we also have to bring in so many scenes every class day that it was a ton of external prep. Yeah. So that was, I think even at the time, something I was aware of, of like, oh, this is, I think these will be like tools for me that I am building right now, more so than I see this being the thrust of what my career probably becomes. We had one like sketch comedy class in the studio that I was in, and that made me just so uncomfortable, where I was like, oh, no, 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 like, I think I felt also just like where I was like, this is mine. This is something that I like, I love and I understand. And I'm with a bunch of people who I think kind of look down on it or think that it's like stupid or easy or like cheap. They call it skits. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's very much energy of like, oh, I can do that. And then watching these people be like horrible at it. That just gave me a stomach ache. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like treating it like a like real scene. I mean, it is a real scene, but there's like a rhythm. There's a yeah. rhythm to sketch. Yes. Yeah, no, there's so much to sketch. It's a song. It's, it's a beautiful song. Yes. On the one hand, I think it was weirdly pleasing to watch some of these people <laughs> be like so bad. It's so, <laughs> so bad at it. But then on the other hand, like, like <laughs> the lack of respect. Yeah. Like, mm. like hurt my feelings or just like bugged me where I was like, eh. Shut up, you idiots. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Almost like it doesn't matter that they're bad at it because you know they're not taking away from it that they could be better at it. They're taking away from it that the medium is stupid. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Haley, what is a challenge or like something that's been challenging for you in your career so far? Like, oh what challenges God. you the most? Challenges me the most? I think something that I've been thinking about a lot recently that I think has been an enduring challenge for me <laughs> is trying to make things like trying to make like videos. I don't know why that's like just I think something I've been very self-conscious about for a long time cuz it thinking what I normally do whether it's like shows, character work, sketch work, improv work, like whatever, it's always the process of like, well, I'm going to write something or I'm going to do something, but I'm going to put it up and it's a workshop basically where it's like I can put it on stage and understand that if it doesn't work, I can adjust it and tinker with it and put it up again tomorrow and see if it works better and kind of have that ability to develop work. Yeah. And I love that process, I guess, and sort of the like pressure that's taken off when it feels like a process rather than a product, I suppose. And even with stuff where it's like, nope, this is like, this is going, the first time I'll be doing this in front of an audience, it's a big show where it's like, a, you know, it's a show show. Yeah. Still feels to me a, a, like freedom of like, well, hell, I'm going to give them all I got. And I know that I put a lot of thought or work into this to make it something that I really think could succeed. 
But if it doesn't, that doesn't mean it's just dead. Right. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't mean it's just a failure. It's still something that I can take and play with or fuck with. Like, I don't know. Live performance allows for vulnerability. Yeah. And for the, like, opportunity for things to fail and for it to, like, be okay and the audience is on this journey. And then yeah. shooting things, it's like an expectation of perfection. And that's that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, it feels like, oh, if I'm yeah. making a video and I'm showing it to anyone or, like, putting it online or whatever, it feels to me a self-imposed pressure of like, oh, this feels like I'm saying that I co-sign this and I think it's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think absolutely. this is the best version yeah. of this. I think it is done. I think it is good. And I think it deserves like people's attention. <laughs> totally. Yeah, whereas like live stuff, you're like, well, you know, like if it, it doesn't do well, it's fine because it only went up that one time. Or yeah, whatever. there's like, no it's only for the people in this it. room. It's, yeah. you know, whatever. That I think is also something where it's like, oh, I, I've been really trying recently to be like, I have to get better about that and just get better about um, just trying to make stuff and not put that pressure on and be like, I don't know, maybe it's it'll be like live stuff where sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad or sometimes something that I think will really work about it maybe doesn't or something that I wouldn't expect would connect maybe does connect with somebody is like, great. And like try to, I think, yeah, I'm trying really yeah. hard to like, to try to work on projects like that with the same approach that I think I enjoy with live stuff of like, Eh, I don't know. I'm building a body of work so I can try yeah. it in a bunch of different directions and no one piece is the definitive like this is me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also it's one of those things where it's like you have to do it to get better at it, right? You have mm-hmm. to like break the seal. You have to try. Yeah. Uh, the very first, I love making sketches now, video sketches, but the very first one I ever did, we have the footage. We sometimes watch it and laugh at how awful <laughs> it is. Yeah. I will never cut it into a final product and release it ever <laughs> in my life. Yeah. But like I had to do that to then do the next thing to then do the next thing that like I actually eventually did become proud of totally I do think I will say that I've I've struggled with that too and then kind of more recently I'm like letting go of that sort of need to be perfect and accepting like oh wait um like posting things on social media like a lot of video platforms like TikTok like having so much content almost now for me takes the pressure off or I think about like oh now that there's so much it's like you don't have to be great at all of it like because it's just a fucking sea of content (laughs) and then the good stuff will rise the cream will rise to the top yeah (laughs) no totally yeah yeah makes sense or that also it's like oh I think for a long time making video content has been something that I have been told that I have to do. Yeah. And I resent that. <laughs> I resent that and I oh. feel and also just where it's like I feel like I'm very often it's told to me in the context of like Eh, whatever industry people or whatever being like here's the deal like I think you're great and we all agree great 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 but nobody Mm -hmm. sees shows and nobody's gonna see your little shows Mm -hmm. so if you actually want to be valuable you need to be a three-minute video that I can email somebody or I'm like oh I completely understand that that makes perfect sense but also I think it's lame that it's just understood that people don't see shows anymore yeah if this is your career like that feels lazy and like a bummer to me that you wouldn't go see comedy shows if you work in comedy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's also like, I, I completely understand it or get it or it makes sense to me. It's like, yeah, no, of course. Of course it's like setting aside my own like 
values or whatever my own judgments just the pure like strategy of it is like yep oh yeah that checks out that makes sense that's just better (laughs) odds just better odds of being seen by more people (laughs) totally yeah so what's your goal like what's what's your dream oh man I mean I don't know it's so hard I at the end of the day I know like oh I I love like performing so I think ultimately like I wouldn't be happy if I was just a writer but I also love writing and I like to make material for myself where I'm like oh I feel like very much a writer performer yeah and I think that when I'm doing work that is my best that's how I'm doing it is I'm getting to like see something through from the beginning to the end and make stuff that's maybe more specific that way or that feels more personal that way because I trust that I can control it yeah <laughs> yeah so in some capacity like I want to I want to continue to be a writer performer but I'd love to get paid more money for it <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like now it's the sort of thing where I'm like oh I like I love what I do and I love like the shows that I do and the people that I work with and it's very fulfilling to me and but at the same time I had a friend who was in town doing a play at like the Amundsen a couple months ago and going to see that show and being like oh my god the costumes just like the <laughs> like barest things where it's like oh I just want to have enough of a budget to get to make things at a high level is so yeah. tempting <laughs> yeah right like my god they have like lighting that's intentional which like of course we do do a very tiny degree in like sketch stuff but it's like man like yeah I think it's more just like I'd love to have any yes like power or support behind the work that I do yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) and not just your own budget yeah wild card question oh yeah well I was gonna ask you if you could be doing or if you weren't doing this what do you think you would be doing but it sounds like you started this at such a young age. <laughs> yeah. Did you yeah. ever think about doing anything else ever? Did it ever cross your mind? Um, I think like one rough semester in college, I was briefly like, could I get into law school with a like BFA drama undergrad, whatever? And I feel like looked it up or asked somebody and they're like, yeah, for sure. I was like, all right, good to know. Uh, (laughs) I I won't pursue it any further. I think maybe that's something I would be good at or that would use some similar skill sets that are appealing to me. But uh, yeah, I've never pursued anything else. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I hear teacher a lot, but then law is something also I think a lot Mm -hmm. of actors have thought about because it is so performance or it feels like it would be. Totally, yeah. It's like research analysis, writing and performing. performing, It makes sense. My dad's a trial lawyer and my mom's a teacher. So (laughs) that makes sense. Do you have any advice for any like, I don't know, say young preteen girls in Idaho who maybe are interested in getting into comedy. Oh my God. I think find like your community. I think that was the most important thing for me. And I, it really bummed me out when I was, uh, I think a senior in high school and was still on that team. It, uh, we couldn't perform at the venue anymore because it was some issue with like the liquor license that they found out they had minors performing there where that was a big bummer but ultimately knowing that's like how precious this thing is to me or like was to me at that time that it really bummed me out to think that the legacy of it would be lost because of the venue Mm. um and i feel like kids now like find that in all sorts of ways like online or whatever that was another was like oh that's how I met Emily Schmidt we met as like 
junior high kids on an SNL fan forum. Oh, oh my gosh. Just that's being awesome. like, oh, we're like, I mean, we didn't put the pieces together till we met again in college and we're like, holy shit, you were SNL swimmer? Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, finding other people that are excited about what you're excited about. Yeah. So that it doesn't feel. So you don't have to like question yourself or your brain all the time yeah. and can just know like, yeah, I'm not crazy. This is cool. And I can go as deep into it as I want to. Um, oh, a little bit, ba- yeah. a little backstory. Emily, she mentioned Emily Schmidt. Uh, we were on an improv team like a few years ago called Lady Parade. And Emily Schmidt is now like a TV writer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's and she's great. She's She's funny. She'll be on a future episode. I'm <laughs> quite positive. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, that was a great team. And ah, what a fun team. Good team. What a blast. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> Haley, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Ah, it's been for awesome me. to talk to you. Pleasure yeah. to chat with you guys. Thank you. Is there anything that you'd like to promote? Oh, man. Um, right now, I uh, do a show every Saturday night at UCB Sunset called Squadron. So we are Saturdays at 7.30 on the main stage. It's very fun. We do an hour-long sketch review that runs for two months at a time, and then we do a new one. <laughs> cool. So it's running year-round. And then, heck, I don't know. I guess check me out on, like, the internet where I don't currently have content, but I'm working <laughs> on it. So that's a good way to put external pressure on yeah, my there you go. <laughs> Say, look it up, and I hope it's there. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks so much for coming on. It was so great to have you. Ah, thanks for having me. Thanks. <laughs>